on today's episode of Diving In. I want I started that cheese plate in the beginning because it was a creative expression for myself and it was something that I shared with friends and it was a very like sacred thing for me. Now that it's turned into this brand and a trend and you know like the social media space is full of charcuterie accounts, it's like instead of trying to fight to like keep my spot at the top, I'm just like, yeah, there's space for everyone and there's a time for everyone. And that's totally cool. Welcome to Diving In, a podcast aiming to explore the deeper themes behind the entertainment and content creation industries. I'm Leslie Mosier. And I'm Marissa Mullen. Let's dive in. Welcome back, everyone, to Diving In. Happy Tuesday. Today we have a very special solo episode with just Leslie and I, so you're stuck with us for the next hour. (laughs) Hi. So, Leslie, what is new? How's your week been? It's been really good. I think now that the weather is finally turning around and it's, you know, we have 80 degrees in the forecast, it just shows me how much my mood is like lifted when it's really nice outside. So I've been spending a lot of time outside. Um, Doug's been keeping us busy, obviously lots of podcasting, but yeah, I'm just really kind of leaning into this season of um, everything feels like it's happening again. And I'm trying not to get overwhelmed. Um, I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate that, I mean, after the past two years, you know, everything was very slow and not being able to see people. And now we have people coming into town like every weekend um, and just lots of trips coming up. So it's been fun, but also like weird. (laughs) Yeah, it's a weird mindset shift. Yesterday I went to um, a concert crazy i saw lord which was amazing i love her literally channeled my college self like driving in a car screaming to like ribs yeah (laughs) i was gonna say ribs yeah and um also green light by lord that was one of like the top played songs on my spotify and i just love to just dance to it like rage dance in my living room so that was really fun but also crazy to be at a concert i feel like i haven't really been to many concerts since and it, live music was such a big part of my life for so many years. So having that back really felt, it felt good. So did I was you excited feel, to do that. Did you feel like you were able to really like let go and be free and like kind of feel that magic or was it? Not quite. I've been having this issue lately. I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but like very sort of desensitized to like a lot of things lately. And I think it's because of the repetitiveness of working from home and staring at a screen all the time. I just feel like I used to feel things a lot more intensely and deeply. And I need to like ease myself back into that. I feel like yesterday it was almost like too much at once. And I almost couldn't really uh, process like all of the stimulation that was happening. Um, but during green light, I actually did something. I closed my eyes, which I love to do at concerts. I look like a freak, but I'm just standing there with my eyes closed. Because when you kind of cut off the visuals and you just listen to it, it's a lot more, um, sometimes a lot more powerful to like pay attention to be like, okay, here's where I am. I'm in the present moment at this concert. And then you open your eyes and you're like, yeah, I'm at this concert. So I did try to do that. And it um, it definitely lit that fire inside. But I think that... Um, you know, I just need to get outside more. I've been working from home and not really being super social and honestly spending so much time on the screens that um, I, I need to just like push myself out there. But I did book a Euro trip for June to July. 
So I am extremely excited for that. Um, I'll be there for my 30th birthday. So yes. that's going to be fun. Live and eat, pray, yeah. love moment. Cheese, pray, love. Yeah, we're doing a whole uh, cheese Wait, tour that needs of Europe. To be a shirt. <laughs> yeah, make it a hashtag. Cheese, pray, love. Julia um, Roberts. Yes, I saw her yesterday too. She was on the Late Show, so I actually I had a busy day yesterday. I went and stopped at the Late Show um, to go to the taping as an audience member for the first time ever. Oh, I worked cool. there for four years, never sat in the audience, and then was there on the other side, which was crazy. And Julia Roberts was a guest, and uh, she's just beautiful and amazing. And I love she's her. so beautiful. Notting Hill, yeah. favorite movie. Oh, so good. Um, yeah. So what have you been, like, listening to? Any cool movies that you've seen? Ooh, Let's... what have I been listening to? We always ask watching? our guests these questions and never each other. I know. They're rapid fire. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> um, I've been listening to uh, the new Maggie Rogers song. Same. So good. I can't wait for that album. I actually stumbled upon her Coachella live set the other day and was like, this is amazing. Her voice is just Ugh, so powerful. I know. Um, but yeah, I don't really watch too much TV. I need to get into some TV shows. Have you been watching anything lately? We watched last night the new Tony Hawk documentary on Ooh. HBO, and it is unbelievable. It is so inspiring. It was just really crazy because... Growing up, you know, that early 2000s time, he's was at the peak. He's, I mean, he's an absolute legend. But I remember, you know, playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater on PlayStation, oh, yes. but also like seeing him on the X Games and all of these things. And then to see the, his road to that point was just like how much he had to practice and how many competitions and how many moments of failure. And it, it just really... I don't know, it kind of sparked something where it's like, there's just so much more ahead, even when you have these moments where you feel like, you know, everything's over. It's no, there's, there's so much more ahead if you want there to be more ahead. So that's what I just watched. And then I've been really into that new, um, Muna song. Oh and yes. So good. <sighs> I love that. So good. But today what we are talking about is one of my favorite subjects, um, comparison and imposter syndrome. So the definition of imposter syndrome is loosely defined as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. It disproportionately affects high achieving people who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments. Many question whether they're deserving of accolades. And that's from the Harvard Business Review. Do you relate, Leslie? I relate a million percent. It's something that I've had to work on so intensely and I don't know if there's ever going to be a time where it's not something I have to work on. Um, it's a practice, you know, with anything, with any sort of intrusive thought or feeling, it will come and go, but it's how you handle it in the moments that it comes that, you know, how much you let it take over your life. But Lady Gaga is actually a major public figure who has been so open about her imposter syndrome. Um, I saw a video of her recently where she was backstage in Madison Square Garden about to play to a sold out show and she was crying, feeling like she did not deserve to be there. Um, I even saw something going around on the internet the other day of when Lady Gaga was younger, she was probably high school, college age. People made a Facebook group that said Stephanie Germanata cannot sing and will never be famous. Oh my gosh. And I think that bullying definitely had some sort of play in how severe her imposter syndrome is. But there's a quote from her documentary 
And it says, and this kind of encapsulates how we all feel about imposter syndrome, but I still sometimes feel like a loser kid in high school. And I just have to pick myself up and tell myself that I'm a superstar every morning so that I can get through this day and be for my fans what they need me to be. So, you know, imposter syndrome exists on every level. It can exist with someone working at the bank. It can exist with a teacher. It can exist with an influencer. And it can exist with someone as massive as Lady Gaga, um, which is comforting but also a little alarming at the same point because, you know, when you reach the top of that mountain that you're so eager and desperate to climb and be like, I made it, I have achieved my dream, there are still those feelings of anxiety that do come up and imposter syndrome does try and take over. Totally. Yeah. And that Lady Gaga um, example is crazy because we look at her and she's a global superstar actress, you know, so talented. And the fact that she even feels that way, that she's, you know, not, not worthy of being up on stage it's just crazy. It, it just shows you that everyone feels these feelings and um, to kind of pinpoint these feelings. So some that arise when imposter syndrome themes come up, I feel like we can kind of go through them and and mm-hmm. describe our personal experience. Um, the first one is you feel like you just got lucky. So when I kind of made my big jump from working at The Late Show to The Cheese World, um, all of that was fueled by a book deal that I got. And this whole book deal situation, I talked about this in our first episode, kind of how it came to be, but I sort of was thrusted from being a personal assistant to an author overnight and entering the food world and the world of cheese and culinary expertise from just working in the music industry. I felt like I did not belong there. So I definitely did feel those feelings of that I just got lucky and negated the past seven years of work that I put into my Instagram account to get myself to this point. It's like you you instantly just like black out that work because you're like, oh, well, that that means nothing. I just got lucky. And I feel like that definitely uh, contributes to those feelings of imposter syndrome. Yeah, I can definitely relate when all of the Doug stuff first started off. I There was always that feeling of like, do I even deserve this? And I even that good at making this content, you know, is there someone out there that could be doing a better job than I'm doing? Um, and it's, it's so hard because to be so self-critical, it's like, who does deserve it then? You Mm -hmm. know, that's, I feel like it's also a form of people pleasing because you feel in your mind that you're not worthy and that someone else is more worthy and you almost want to please those around you that, don't think that you're worthy because with every success, there's always going to be someone that, you know, doubts it. Um, and it's a matter of not letting that in, but it's easier said than done. Totally. And yeah, going back to kind of the criticism, another theme that arises with imposter syndrome is extreme criticism on yourself. And I definitely have worked with this theme a lot in the past year. Um, kind of with journaling and with therapy and whatnot, because I just naturally am my worst critic in so many ways, which definitely does hinder my work sometimes, definitely hinders my emotions. And it's crazy how deeply you can just get into these negative thought cycles. And when you're able to pull yourself out of it, you're like, what was I even, why am I even there? Why am I even going through this 
this spiral right now. Like at the end of the day, it's it, you, you kind of create your own problems in your head, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like going hand in hand with comparison, you are so critical on yourself because you're comparing yourself to other people who may be like, who might be in a different phase of their career than you. And you think you have to get there. Or there's another content creator who's making really amazing, captivating content, and you feel like you should be doing that too. So kind of putting that pressure on yourself to compete and to kind of be uh, alongside other people in the space definitely creates a lot of criticism, um, which is not positive. You know, I think there's sometimes there's like positive competitiveness that like drives you forward. But I feel like in this situation, it's just it ends up just making you feel bad about yourself. It's a sad feeling too, because, you know, okay, an example, a musician, they have, their dream is to have a million monthly listeners on Spotify and they work their butt off. They finally get to a million listeners, monthly listeners on Spotify. And one day they're scrolling and they see someone who's technically competition that has 2.5 million And they just worked so hard and hit this major milestone. And just like that, that feeling of comparison, that feeling of imposter syndrome comes in and totally derails those incredible, necessary moments of celebration and gratitude. Mm -hmm. And so you go from being like, yes, I did this thing that I've been wanting to do. This is a huge moment for myself to, I need more. I need to be on this level of this other person. And like you said, there's moments when the competition is healthy, but then there's others where you're just totally, totally like devaluing your worth and what a badass you are. Yeah. And I think that is another thing that comes along with imposter syndrome is kind of like watering down yourself, devaluing your worth, Mm -hmm. like not because there's, there's a difference between being, um, you know, grateful and being boastful, I guess you could say. Um, Whereas like, you know, for example, my cookbook was a Wall Street Journal bestseller. And I think that's awesome. But at the time when this happened, I was like, oh, but it's not New York Times bestseller. And Wall Street Journal isn't as good. Like my imposter syndrome just kicks in. I'm like, well, that's not good enough, you know, and then you start beating yourself up and extremely critical. And it's like, no, shut up, get yourself out of your mind and out, like take a big step back and look at yourself. That's fucking sick. And you should be proud of that. And so I think like a big thing to kind of help me get out of imposter syndrome is to just be like really grateful and to take stock. Like I love writing lists of little, little accomplishments that I've had throughout like the past five years, just to like remind myself, okay, like if you're not on the path that you want to be right now, look at what you've done and like be proud of yourself for that. Don't be so self-critical in those situations. And going back to the New York Times bestseller thing, it's society that told us that was the one to get. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's not even it's it's like these unwritten rules that like the 30 we, under 30 list. Oh my know? gosh. Yeah, exactly. It's like no, everyone just posts it on Instagram and we think that we have to do that too. When in reality, we don't need, it's all for the validation and it, it it makes it really hard when our jobs are on social media. But even if your job isn't on social media, you're seeing everyone's highlight reels on social media and yeah. that comparison to what they're doing, it can really eat away at you. Totally. 
It's funny because I feel like um, I sometimes look at my own Instagram feed, like my own personal feed, and like look back at years and I'm like, wow, that was so cool. Like, like I compare myself now to my Instagram feed because it's like <laughs> a highlight reel of my own life. And then I get like sad about sad, my current yeah, life. Yeah. I'm like, what is that about? That's just like, there's, so I forget who told me this, but anyone who's read like the power of now, um, the whole concept is that you have your kind of your consciousness and your ego. So those are like two different parts of your being. Like your ego is kind of where like media culture society like molds your thoughts and feelings. But then your consciousness is that kind of internal energy that can observe it from afar. And then that there's now like a third one that's like your social media presence, which is like a different identity that you have that you project Ugh, to the world and that you kind scary. of yeah and I was thinking about that and I'm like oh my gosh that's so true like there is we put like our best selves on social media unless we're like trying to be vulnerable I mean diving in we're being vulnerable so maybe this is helping <laughs> merge all of ourselves together um but it's hard because like when you're scrolling you don't think about that and you don't think that people are putting their highlight reel on there but I I only put like on Instagram I'll post like pretty photos of flowers. I'm sitting in my closet room right now recording this surrounded by clothes. Like my life is not aesthetic and gorgeous like my Instagram like describes, you know. So I think just continuing to remember that it's like when you're scrolling that is all highlight reel. Don't compare yourself because everybody is going through shit at all times. And to mute people, you don't always have to unfollow, but you know, mute accounts that you do follow that make you feel like these, you know, feelings come up even more. If there's someone who really makes your self-worth feel really, really low, and maybe you don't want the drama of unfollowing them and making it a whole public thing, um, mute them. I, I've done that. And it, it is unbelievable how much it can help, you know, not seeing that highlight reel type thing. Um, and just focusing on, your own life. And, you know, I've been really trying to get out of the mindset of everything on my Instagram has to be perfect. I feel like there was a huge time in like 2018, 2019, when Instagram was highly curated, highly like lavish travel lifestyle, really, you know, perfect DSLR camera photos. And at the time we were traveling in Europe with Doug and doing all these cool things and had all these neat backdrops. So I, like you, have gone through my past photos and been like, oh my gosh, like, is my life so boring now because I'm at home? But I look around and I'm like, I'm in my dream home. I have my family. I'm happy. I'm working on my health. I'm like, I'm so content. But yeah, it's hard. Social media <laughs> makes a lot of things very difficult when it comes to I mean, everything, body image, imposter syndrome, you name it. One thing I am constantly striving to do for my body is lower inflammation. Higher inflammation means more pain and discomfort, and that's the last thing I want. My number one go-to supplement for inflammation is Turmeric Complex by Paleo Valley. I really, really notice a difference when I am taking this consistently. Their Turmeric Complex is made with full-spectrum, whole-food, organic turmeric. Most turmeric supplements only contain one specific compound found in turmeric root, curcumin. Turmeric complex contains four powerful superfoods 
turmeric, ginger, rosemary, and cloves, the most potent spices for promoting healthy inflammation and protecting against oxidative stress. I'm a huge believer in high quality supplements for our body, and I truly wouldn't recommend this if it wasn't really my go-to. For 15% off, go to paleovalley.com slash diving in. Going back to or, um, to muting, so I kind of had a a little bit of a I wouldn't say rock bottom, but I had a little moment about a month ago where I was just beating myself up around content creation. Um, if you are not a influencer content creator, um, it's hard to kind of explain how all this works in a sense, but it essentially is like a 24 hour game. And if you listen to our algorithm episode, it's you against a machine. So, you know, you can put your, all of your time into making a reel, you know, on Instagram that you think will do really well. You'll post it. It won't get into the algorithm. No one will like it. No one will see it in turn makes you feel like you suck and you're a fraud and you're an imposter, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I, so I spent the past three months writing my new cookbook, which I just finished and that's awesome. And I was making like, you know, five to six cheese plates a week and all really beautiful cheese plates that I was super proud of, but I couldn't post any of them. So I was like, I was expanding all this energy into creating this art for the book and then needed stuff to post on Instagram and kept pressuring myself to be like, well, content doesn't sleep. You have to post, you have to post looking at other people who post every single day, these amazing reels and just nothing in me could could go to the grocery store one more time to buy ingredients to make something for Instagram, you know? And you take a step back and you're like, oh, wait, I I shouldn't be worried. And also, why am I even worrying about this in the first place? But something that really did help me was to do that, take a step back, mute every account that I felt triggered by, you know, even Mm -hmm. friends of mine who I follow who are content creators, I muted them because I was like, you know what? you're doing awesome. And I'll go to their page and like their photos like once a week just to be like, I'm still here. But like seeing them come up on my page every day, I was just feeling like I wasn't doing enough. And um, muting definitely did help with that. And I'm sure I'll unmute everyone in like a month or so when I feel better. But I think taking those little steps to curate your life in a way that works for you because you think about it, what you consume is kind of what you think. And you have to be mindful of that. A hundred percent. And I always say that if you don't take a break, your body will make you take one. So a big way to kind of combat imposter syndrome is to shift your mindset. Do you feel like you've had experiences where you've gone from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset? And has that helped you? And what are your tools to kind of go from those two polar ends of of your mind? Absolutely. I think the first thing that helps me the most is when I am in a big spiral of imposter syndrome or comparison or even just anxiety about my life and job in general, um, I talk about it, whether it be with my therapist or my husband, just saying it out loud, it'll kind of make you realize how silly it sounds when you say it out loud. Like, I feel like everything's going to go away. And then, you know, you say it and it's, it's just, you know, you're like immediately knowing that that's not true. And it feels really good to, to feel that, but also to have that conversation with someone else who knows you, they see you, they see 
everything that you're doing in a totally different lens than you, it's very encouraging and validating to have those conversations and to lay it all out on the table so it's no longer taking up the space in your head. That's the thing. As creative people, we have enough going on in our minds as it is. The last thing that we need is this big dark cloud looming over everything and sucking that creativity away. So I definitely like to voice it and get it out of my mind. Um, you can also do the same with journaling. You know, if you're, if you don't have someone that you really want to talk to about it, um, or just kind of want to do it in your own space and time, journaling is exactly the same thing pretty much. And also, uh, visualization. I'm really big on really visualizing what I see to come being grateful for what has happened in the past and just kind of centering myself and grounding myself. And I'll go outside on a walk, you know, put my feet in the grass and just be grateful and know that there is so much more to come and trust that there is so much more to come. And I'll even like give myself a hug sometimes. It's really oh, I love cute. that. It's really cute and cozy. We have to be <laughs> kind to ourselves. That's what's so crazy is like we're – we're adults and it's, you know, there's still a little kid, a little teenager inside of us being like, look, what, look at everything you've done. And we're like, I'm, ad- I'm an adult <laughs> now. Like I want more. And the kid's like, no, you've done so much. Like, look how amazing you're doing. And so also to get back to that chi- inner child, inner teen and be like, thank you for getting me to this point. Like we've, we're doing it. We're doing it. And yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I do. I love that. I think it's funny because it's like I've been having so many just like existential thoughts lately of like (laughs) if all of this was removed, like if all of this got erased tomorrow, like no more that cheese plate, no more podcast, no more drive for work, you know, like any sort of work because work is such an identity for I think both of us. And if all of that was just erased tomorrow, like who am I and what would I be left with? And that question I've been working on a lot over the past year and, you know, like developing hobbies outside of work and kind of like creating a life that isn't completely revolving around that cheese plate, which is fine. You know, it's like that cheese plate is still very much part of my life, but it's not the driving. They're not driving the car right now. I think that's helped me a lot with taking myself out of the feeling of imposter syndrome in comparison because it doesn't put so much pressure on myself anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I I want I started that cheese plate in the beginning because it was a creative expression for myself and it was something that I shared with friends and it was a very like sacred thing for me. Now that it's turned into this brand and a trend and you know like the social media space is full of charcuterie accounts, it's like instead of trying to fight to like keep my spot at the top I'm just like yeah there's space for everyone and there's a time for everyone and that's totally cool like I think in the beginning when the trend started to rise I was feeling a little bit um protective of it and I'm like you know I established this place I got to keep this place I need to keep up with the content I need to create these crazy boards that set trends that the today show will post about like get into these lists of like, look at these themed charcuterie boards and I'm always there. And if I'm not, I beat myself up. I'm done with that. I'm done with that. I'm just going to create again, go back to the basics. Basics. Do what makes me happy. Like 
I the other day I'm like I went to the garden store with my mom and bought some violas and planted them and posted that I'm like I planted some flowers today you know because I think like we get so lost um as you know if when you make your living on social media of course it's important to have that engagement and those followers and kind of keeping your numbers up for brand deals but I think that with the abundance mindset you know basically scarcity mindset is that you feel like um there's like you have to hold on to everything so tightly like you're not going to have any sort of access to resources like it's a very kind of um closed off mindset whereas an abundance mindset is just the belief and the feeling that abundance will flow to you i agree completely there's a story that you and i have talked about kind of a lot between each other and every time you and i you know, voice note, and we're both feeling these symptoms of imposter syndrome. I feel like one of us uh, always reminds each other of this story. But when you go to the grocery store and you want to buy almond milk, think about how many different types of almond milk there are. We've got, gosh, milk. We've got silk, silk, almond joy, almond. <laughs> no, wait, almond joy is the chocolate. <laughs> Almond Breeze. Almond Joy is a new one that I'm starting. (laughs) (laughs) Almond Breeze. Califia. I mean, there are all of all these brands of almond milk to choose from. Oh, and then talk about types of nut milk. Yeah. In Brooklyn, we have all these like weird, trendy like corner stores. And the other day I saw peanut milk and macadamia milk and pistachio milk. Yeah, pistachios. I like pistachio. Me too. Oat milk, not nut, but still. Um yeah, lots of plant-based milk out there. If every person who had the idea, I want to start a new nut milk company, if they looked at all of the other nut milks on the shelves and said, I can't do that, there's already someone doing that. Like, we would not have some of the favorite brands that we have today. There is truly space for everything, for everyone. And the wonderful thing is that all of these different brands have their different fans exactly so, you know i'm i love milk that's the kind of nut milk that i go for and you know i'm happy i go to the store i know what i'm getting but there's other people that get another kind of milk and that's okay you know they're milk girl <laughs> they're they're competition but it exists. Everything yeah. ex- everything can exist together. And same with what I do and same with what you do. You know, you have your fans that love you and love the brand you created. And they're going to follow you and stick by you and buy your books and support you and comment and just be there for you. But there's also going to be people who, you know, prefer a different style of cheese plate and they're going to support that person. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they don't like what you're doing, that they think that, you know, one's better than the other. They just, they people have preferences. And I think yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. Totally. And I think that, like, I love that statement you just made because you attract your audience. Like, the audience will come to you because you put it out there for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, if I'm trying to create something for a specific audience and I'm, like, forcing, you know, I'm I'm forcing something just so I can capture like the masses of America to follow me. It's not going to feel authentic to me and my content probably won't be as good because I'll be trying to mimic other people that I see who've gone viral. 
when you create something that is so true to you, even if it doesn't get that many likes or comments, the people who show up to like it, that's amazing that they're there for you, you know? And it's like, it's like instead of thinking about the numbers game and the validation of likes and comments, just think about the small percentage that you're reaching and how much that means to you. You know, it's like I think about artists when they release albums or, you know, artists who are trying to build their brand and go on tour. It's like, would you rather have a million people listen to one single and not even remember what your band name is or have a hundred dedicated fans that are buying merch, going to your show and can sing every single word back to you? Yes. I mean, I feel like we all have this urge to be as mainstream as possible. We want everyone to like us. We want everyone to to follow us. We want everyone to buy our things, to appreciate our brand. But it's also not as cracked up it's not what's the expression? It's not, it's not what all it's, as it's not all cracked up. <laughs> it's hard. It's not it's as not, it's not what it's all cracked up to up be. To be. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, an artist, they could be in the top, you know, 25 top hits of Spotify, but that, that puts you into such a different wider view where you now suddenly have to please everybody Mm -hmm. and you have everybody judging you, everybody commenting. Whereas if you're putting your music out and you are happy with it going to your people and your fans, then there's going to be a lot more of a even exchange. Totally. I'm going to say something controversial. Uh-oh. Maybe we we'll cut this. <laughs> Ed Sheeran is a very interesting example to me. Okay. Because when he put out his first album, it was what I believe and many of his fans believe to be his most authentic album. Mm-hmm. Um incredible album, very lyrical, telling stories in every song. You know, that's where he got his start. Really, really, really good music. And as time has gone on, it's very generic, very pop, but very successful. Mm. He could never have to work a day in his life if he didn't want to. And, you know, I just want to say, I believe Ed Sheeran is so talented. He can do whatever the heck he wants with his music. If that's direct the direction he wants to go, by all means, make that kind of music. But I've seen people talk about how disappointed they are because it it just feels like the industry machine got a hold of him and was like, we want you to be every single be top charting, top 10 billboard, blah, blah, blah. It's all about the numbers. You got to get top 10 billboard, number one release single. And it, it's done that, but at what expense? Those core fans that, you know, were so diehard in the beginning, every single he puts out now, they're like, oh, dang it. Like, happy for you, Ed, but like really doesn't feel quite right anymore. Well, as devil's advocate, the larger the audience, the more criticism you have from your core fans because you are quote unquote a sellout per se. <laughs> It's true. And with Ed Sheeran, it's like we don't know we don't know what he's thinking with all of this. Maybe his musical preferences have changed. It's been about like 10 years since his first release. Artists evolve and grow. Maybe he's found joy in collaborations with other people that have kind of skyrocketed him to the top. There's so many things that we don't know. And I think like 
I mean, I agree with you on a creative standpoint. I do love his earlier music a lot more, mm-hmm. but maybe his newer music is reaching a new different group of people that have gravitated towards him in that way. And they find joy in his music now. So it's like, it's hard when you find yourself in a place that is reaching a larger audience. Like, you know, for both of us, when we kind of had our little moment of like press where all of a sudden you're in front of so many people, criticism is abundant. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like that kind of plays into imposter syndrome like I do wonder if Ed Sheeran when he had his first radio hit felt a fear and a feeling of imposter syndrome being a solo guitarist up on the radio charts with all these other pop artists and even now I wonder if he still compares himself to other people it's it's just interesting because it's like I completely I mean I completely agree with you but I think we there's just so much we don't know um about an artist's process and what they're thinking in the moment and what their strategy is. And at the end of the day, if it's like Ed Sheeran's life path to like make bank and just cash out, good for him. Go do that. (laughs) You know, have money for your family to go to college in the future. Good on you. I agree with you completely because if I were in his shoes, I would likely do the same thing. You know, you get these big, big writers in the room with you and they're like, this is a guaranteed number one. You're selling out world tours with this album. Like this is what, you know, could do that for you. Like you're going to, you're going to take that. You're not going to stay in the box that you started in. It's just a really interesting thing because you have, you know, the consumer's opinion, you have the artist's opinion. Don't get me wrong. I do love Ed Sheeran. So don't come for me. That was just, (laughs) I I saw TikTok. It got my wheels turning, but yeah, it's, it's pretty wild how, how things can evolve and what's actually going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And I do love like to bring Lady Gaga back into this. I love how she, she hit a very large pinnacle point of her career where she was, you know, one of the biggest artists in the world, in the pop world, on the radio. And I'm sure some of her fans of her first album were confused by her departures from her other albums. But then I love how she just like went back to the roots and toured with Tony Bennett. She's like, let's go into jazz clubs and just like go back to where this all started in like New York City and just like music at its core. Um, So it is it, it does feel a little bit redeeming when artists do kind of take the turn and go back to the the small the small rooms and i think as people we have to be accepting of our growth and change because nothing is ever the same and nothing will ever be the same we are always growing we are always evolving mm-hmm. and i think like you know with imposter syndrome in general like don't feel like you're an imposter because you're always going to be growing and changing and you'll be in a place where You'll have an intern who feels like they're an imposter. And then you'll feel like you're at the top of the world because you've been in the space for so long. It's like every feeling is so temporary that I think that we just have to, again, take stock and be grateful and just enjoy the ride as it comes. I think we also have to be extremely kind to ourselves at every stage of these growth processes or every stage of your business or of a relationship or your relationship with yourself. I mean, like you said, we're always changing and growing. And with that comes decisions that, you know, you might really regret, or I should have done this differently. And there's a lot of power in forgiveness. 
with mm-hmm. yourself and forgiving yourself for decisions that you might look back and cringe on. Because if we keep holding on, oh, I shouldn't have done this. Oh, if only that would have happened. I should have never sent that email. That is putting so much energy in something that is already passed. And that in some weird universe way could have gotten you to the success or the place that you are now or the mindset or the strength that you're at. So really just leaning into that gratitude, the grace with yourself, because it's so easy to get caught up in not only being having the current imposter syndrome, but then having the past imposter syndrome with yourself. And it's just a whole, it's a whole spiral, but all we can do is, you know, be in tune with ourselves and keep giving our confidence a fire. Yeah. That's the other thing I wanted it's to talk about. It's all about confidence. It's it's <laughs> all about confidence. It's w- with whatever you do, with your body, with your, you know, Mindset. just the way that you walk through life. If you are confident and and it's so easy to trick your mind. There's this thing that Rob and I always do and we look crazy doing it, but <laughs> especially in the winter because it's so gloomy and gray and cold and yucky in Nashville a lot of the winter. Um, we'll force ourselves to smile for 30 seconds. <laughs> I love that. And it's psychologically proven to boost your dopamine, to help your brain feel happier and all of those things. And by the end, we are laughing because it's, <laughs> it's it works and it feels ridiculous. Um, but the same thing goes for confidence, you know, looking at yourself in the mirror and being like, I deserve all of this. You know, I am worthy of everything that I have achieved. I am amazing. I am a force. I am strong. Abundance is on its way. Like, blah, blah, blah. You can do whatever you want to say. There is power to that. And your brain will believe it. Your body will believe it. Man, I need to take my own advice. I haven't done this in a while. (laughs) Well, see, it's hard. It's like so much easier said than done because the mindset when you get into those toxic self-criticism comparison spirals it's so hard to like look in the mirror and be like i'm a bad bitch it's like no you feel like shit so it's like i think having it's small steps it's baby steps you know starting small like maybe once a day look in the mirror and say you're great or like an affirmation that you feel resonates with you something I like to do which is like because sometimes I feel like looking in the mirror and talking to myself I'm just not used to doing that and so sometimes I feel like silly doing it but what I do love to do is putting on like a inspirational song and just like dancing it out in my living room so green light by lord or um boss bitch by doja cat like yes anything that just makes you feel fired up and empowered just like freaking dance like no one's watching that always gets me feeling feeling confident but I agree I think that confidence is the key to life it's like Mm -hmm. and not being cocky you know I think a lot of us when you Uh, say confidence your self-critic comes out and it's like oh well if you're self-confident you're cocky and it's like no there's a difference between the two why can't we hype ourselves up we hype up all of our friends and family and loved ones around us why why do we always come last we have to be our own life coach too Mm -hmm. I don't think I realized that about being an adult and a business owner of just how much I would have to dive into things with myself and figure out what works for me. I mean, obviously therapy is very helpful, but that's only suggestions and what I take away from it is what I take away from it. So find, you know, try different things, find what works for you, but also 
there are going to be days where you have a shitty day and you feel imposter syndrome all day. And what helps me is just tomorrow, I'm not going to feel this way. I'm going to feel so much better tomorrow. I'm going to have a great night's sleep and it will be a thing of the past. And without fail, I wake up the next day and whatever I was upset about feels so silly. Oh yeah. Always. (laughs) Always. It's like, what's the, the thing? Like, when you when you have stage fright, imagining everyone in the audience with like underwear or with oh, yeah. something like <laughs> on their forehead, we, we almost have to do that with these feelings. Oh, it's so true. And like just remembering that everyone, it, like when you're comparing yourself, everyone is on their own journey. Everyone is also struggling alongside you. You know, nobody's ever happy 24-7. It's just impossible. Mm -hmm. We are humans. We are flawed. We have complex emotions. And that's okay. So if you are feeling these feelings of imposter syndrome or comparison, hopefully our rambling (laughs) helps you with your thoughts. And we're here if you need us. You You can hit us up on Instagram at divinginpod, and we'd love to chat about uh anything you're going through this is going to turn into like an advice column (laughs) we we really do love seeing your comments and um the dms that you guys send us on how it relates to your life so we would love to to hear if this episode resonated with you and you know kind of some of the things that might arise with you for imposter syndrome but hope this was helpful as always please give us a rating on spotify and apple podcasts it helps us a lot and we can't wait to hear from you guys i hope you enjoyed the episode you are beautiful you are bold and you're a badass so have a wonderful week and we'll see you next tuesday thanks for listening to this week's episode of diving in this show is a resonant media production produced by drake peterson and edited by chris mccone the theme song is by rob chanelli As always, if you liked this episode, please share us with your friends and family and give us a five-star review and hit that subscribe button to be reminded when a new episode comes out. If you have any questions for the show, our email is info at divingin.community. To stay up to date with all things Diving In, you can follow us on Instagram at divinginpod or visit us online by going to divingin.community. See you next time.